Hey Tim, it's Guy. I was just listening to OWC Radio number 18 and you posed the question on whether it would be better for your in-laws to have a MacBook or an iPad. Uh, in my opinion, I think that they're going to be much happier with the iPad, that it's going to do almost everything that they could possibly want to do with a device like this. And they won't have to worry about security. They won't have to worry about most of the setup and all the rest of it. It's just going to do darn near everything that it is that, that they'll want to use a device like this for. And I think they'll be much happier with it. Great show. Thanks. everyone owc radio number 19 my name is tim robertson i'm the host of the show and thank you very much guy for the uh, audio feedback i welcome all audio feedback from anybody listening real easy to do just record yourself on your iphone on your computer it doesn't matter and just send the recording to podcast at maxsales.com we also have a telephone number you can call and leave a message that way it's 1-801-938-5559 and, of course, we are on the Twitter at twitter.com slash OWC Radio. So let's first of all talk about the iPad a little bit. On OWC 18, OWC Radio 18, I was talking about not giving my mother and father-in-law Julie's MacBook and instead sell the MacBook and with that money buy an iPad. With the iPad, give it to them. <laughs> um, by the way, I did order my iPad myself. Uh, I, I I have to have it the day it comes out. I just have to. I know. It's bad. I should be able to have more self-control and wait, but I don't, and I'm not going to. So, iPad's ordered. I ordered the 32-gig Wi-Fi edition, or model, not edition. Why? Because, you know what? There's no 3G coverage from AT&T here where I live. And uh, so why am I going to get the, the Wi-Fi model? Number two, almost everywhere I'm going to use the iPad, I have Wi-Fi access, including here in the studio, at home, pretty much anywhere I'm going to need it, I've got it. Number three, I have an iPhone. If I need connection to the Internet, I got it. So I think a Wi-Fi edition is going to be just fine for me. That being said, we have decided that, yes, in fact, we're going to buy her parents an iPad. We're going to get them a 16-gigabyte model. We're going to preload it up with um, some simple software. We're going to put pictures on there. In fact, Julie's requested pictures from family members to email, and thus I can put them on there. And when we give them the iPad, it'll come preloaded. Pre I think Guy at the beginning of the show is exactly right. It's going to take out the complexity issue, and really, that is the big issue when it comes to her parents getting a computer. Some people keep calling the, uh, the iPad that it's not a computer. It is a computer. It really is. But it's not a, a computer in the sense that we think of a keyboard and a monitor and a hard drive and 
Well, you know what? It does have all those things, doesn't it? It just doesn't have a complex, confusing operating system that we all take for granted. I think it's going to work a lot better for them. Honestly, I will uh, probably spend a lot of time teaching them how to use it, but I think it's going to be pretty intuitive for them to use. And I'll keep you guys updated once it gets here and I start, you know, showing them the ropes, if you will. On this episode of uh, OWC Radio, I have a, about a 15-minute interview with uh, the e-marketing manager for Otherworld Computing. His name's James Bartell, real nice guy. I met him a few times now, and uh, a couple visits ago, back in the cold February winter, uh, I sat down with James and we did an interview. So you'll hear me refer to the, a lot of snow on the ground and it's cold and that's just about the opposite of what the weather is now. I'll be in Woodstock, Illinois at the home office on Monday, and I'm looking forward to that. I hate the drive. It's so long, but I really like going to the home office. I can, I just get a lot of stuff done there. And one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to do uh, a new, at least one video feature for OWC TV. I don't know if you've had the chance yet to go up to OWCRadio.com. We have the latest OWC TV up there. It's the Newer Tech Voyager Q and S2 series. Grant, Dalkey, and I did that. It's I love the Voyager. I really do. I've got two of them. I've bought them myself out of my own back pocket money. Back pocket money as opposed to front pocket money. I switch hard drives back and forth from my home to the studio. So I can back up my information here and at home, and I just swap the hard drives. So I've always got a copy of whatever's important on either my home computers or my work computers at the opposite locations. That way, heaven forbid, uh, someone breaks into the house and steals everything, I've got it all here at the office. And it works the other way around as well. And I think that data redundancy is very, very important. Let's see what else we got on the show this week. Did you see that Kindle, I should say Amazon, released the Kindle for the Mac? Wow, really? I, I was really kind of looking forward to this. They announced this a long time ago, and then nothing happened. And then they kind of quietly released this. They, they didn't make a big splash. Uh, I think it was the unofficial Apple weblog or 9to5Mac that first brought it to my attention. So I downloaded the app and took a look, and I have to say I, I'm kind of disappointed it is a very un-Mac-like application. It's almost devoid of any features that you can even, you know, quantify as a feature. It seems to me that if it took this long for Amazon to come out with this app, it would have a, it could have been at least feature-rich. We're talking about an entire computer that this thing's running on. A lot more hard drive space, a lot faster uh, processors, a bigger screen, obviously, why couldn't Amazon build some really great features into the Mac version of the Kindle app? And they just didn't. And I'm really, really kind of disappointed. I, I, why even bother? If you're not going to do it right, why bother? Over on the blog side at MacSales.com, if you go to MacSales.com, right at the top they have OWC Blogs. I've got a blog up there. Just look for We Don't Need No Stinking Badges. That was a really bad accent, but that's how I remember hearing it the first time. Basically, the, the I don't want to read the whole thing here. I want you guys to go to the site and read it. But I kind of make the case that maybe you should have antivirus software on your Mac. <gasps> 
And then again, maybe not everybody needs it, but if you're sharing files in a professional capacity with PC users, might be a good idea. Might be a really good idea. Let's go into a little bit of feedback. This one's from Bob, and Bob writes, Tim, I love the podcast, but I couldn't disagree with you more. Now, what Bob is talking about here is when I made the case that Apple was absolutely correct in pulling out the, quote, sexy apps from the iTunes store. He writes, first off, Apple unquestionably has the right to do what they did. The question is whether it was a wise decision. The apps deleted was in no way porn unless you take the Taliban-like approach or position that girls in bikinis and such are somehow unclean. The analogy to Target or Walmart deciding not to carry a particular product isn't a good comparison. This is a good analogy. A movie theater, which has always banned NC-17 rated movies, now decides that R-rated movies are too risque to, and bans those. Not a big deal if there's other movie theaters, but in this case, there are only, they are the only theater in town. I'm sorry, but that makes the movie-going experience worse, not better, for anyone who isn't 12 years old. This is a really ham-fisted approach to what is at worst a minor problem. Has there really been anything in the app store that your 15-year-old daughter would be offended by? If there is, it may still be there. Violence, fart apps, etc. Segregating these apps into a separate area, better parental controls, etc. are obviously better solutions. This is not a matter of Apple acting on principle. There are far more explicit things in the iTunes Music Store books, music, music, movies, podcasts, etc., and I would argue that makes the store better, not worse. P.S., I enthusiastically second your recommendation for Plants vs. Zombies, which I have bought for Windows, Mac, and the iPod Touch for a grand total of 20 bucks. Bob, thank you very much for the uh, feedback. I think I made my position clear on past episodes. I, I stand by that. I think Apple actually did... Uh, the right thing to get rid of some of these apps. I think it really comes down to a branding issue for Apple more than anything else. I don't think that they want their brand, i.e. the iTunes app store, to be associated with these lowest common denominator type of apps. I think they received enough complaints. I think other developers were complaining in that you would see these apps all over the place instead of being segregated into one area, uh, adult type of apps or anything like that, <clears throat> you would find these kind of apps that had absolutely nothing to do with business at the top of the business ratings on their page. You'd find them in games, even if it wasn't a game. You'd find them in uh, fitness, even though it wasn't fitness. So these guys were literally submitting their stuff, putting them in all kinds of categories and try to get to the top of the list. And I think Apple just saw a a growing problem and they wanted to like you said, ham-fistedly correct the problem, and that's what they did. But thank you very much, Bob. I, I love it that uh, you're not agreeing with me. I think that if everyone agreed with everything I said, it would be a very bad place to live, this world of ours. <laughs> so anything I say here that you guys don't agree with, hey, send me an email. I'm more than happy to read your, or better yet, play your audio feedback on things that you take Umbridge with podcast at maxsales.com. This one is from AWK from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, he says, thanks for your editorial on who complains about the app store thing. 
And I think that's kind of uh, going back to the the last episode in which I said, I think it's our responsibility as iPhone, iPod Touch users and soon iPad users to buy apps from developers that we want to support and that we should not expect everything to be free. And those who complain about, oh, it's a 99-cent app or it's a 9.99-cent app, it really kind of uh, angers me. So AWK asks, uh, he tells me he has two desktop systems, the original Mac Mini, which I believe is a G4, connected to an Acer 15-inch LCD with Logitech keyboard and a uh, Mac Mini released a year ago, which would be an Intel machine, with a Acer 19-inch LCD with a Logitech Bluetooth keyboard. I haven't tried the Logitech keyboards myself. I'm, um, oh, that reminds me. While I'm doing this show here, I'm going to check my eBay because I'm actually bidding right now on a one of the smaller Apple Mac keyboards. It's uh, it's Bluetooth and it also comes with the Mighty Mouse, and that that's also wireless. But I need to use something like that for my Mac Mini in the living room, and I might have I don't know yet. I may have won that on eBay, so I'm going to let my iPhone check that while I'm recording here. And he says he knew that this is going back to AWK from uh, Oshkosh. He knew the limitations of the Mini, but it has served him well. He got another Mini to keep up with Apple. Yeah, you know what? That's a thing that if you've got an OG4 uh, Mac Mini and you've got that connected to your entertainment center, the days of that machine are are pretty numbered. So you might want to – oh, I'm just checking my uh, eBay. And uh, I was outbid. Wow, it's up to $51 right now, two hours to go. Eh, I'm done bidding on that one. Yeah, the G4 Mac Mini is, I, I probably would replace that at this point. And I say that with um, experience. I have a G4 Mac Mini that's basically gathering dust in my office at home. But, of course, as I've said on this show, I also have a brand-new Mac Mini which I have connected to my entertainment center. I don't use it much yet because, quite honestly, to plug a keyboard into it with a cable stretched across the living room, eh, not really uh, the best thing to do. It's kind of <laughs> kind of a pain, actually. So I'm waiting to get the wireless mouse and keyboard. I just haven't done it yet. And as you just heard, I just checked eBay, and I didn't win that bid. Probably just going to have to buy a new one, right? But, man, it costs $79 through Apple, and... I'm going to have to check uh, MacSales.com, see if there's any Bluetooth keyboard and mice up there that's better than uh, the Apple ones. But the one I, I like from Apple, though, I like the little one because I don't want a full-size keyboard in the living room. I just need something small to navigate. And same thing with the mouse. I just need a simple mouse. Going back to AWK from Oshkosh. I keep wanting to say Oshkosh Bagash every time I say that. You have to be of a certain age to get that reference, by the way. After listening to OWC number 18, um, he wants to know about hooking up his HD with the USB. And his question is, would I be able to use the hard drive for both minis if he uses carbon copy cloner and therefore get a 500 megabyte hard drive? Now, if you mean can you hook up one hard drive to two different machines, no, you can't do that. Uh, that would be kind of cool, but unfortunately, 
the Macintosh doesn't allow that. It will not share a hard connected computer. In other words, you can't run a USB cord from two different Macs to one external hard drive. Um, this wouldn't work unless one of the Macs were turned off while the other one is accessing it, but otherwise it won't work. Now, you can connect it to just one of the computers, turn on file sharing, and you can access it from the other machine that way. And he actually asked that on the next one. If he has, let's say, the hard drive connected to the G4 Mini, can he use iTunes to play music on that one? And then on the other Mac Mini, can he still access the iTunes content via the network and play other content, say a podcast or a movie? The answer is yes. Yes, you can do that. And he also asked about the Mini Stack. Now, the Mini Stack is an OWC product that I've talked about in the past. It kind of looks like a Mac Mini. And it was designed, quite honestly, to work with the Mac Mini. Now, you don't have to use it with a Mac Mini. I have one at home that I use with my iMac, and I'm very pleased with it that way. But the Mini Stack, the newer tech Mini Stack, starts around uh, $89, $89.99, and that comes with an 80-gig hard drive. It's the same size and proportions of a Mac Mini, so you could literally put your Mac Mini on top of the Mini Stack or vice versa, take the Mini Stack and put it on top of the Mac Mini. And it will work fine as a file server. You can go all the way up to two terabytes for two hundred ninety nine bucks, um, and that's with the version three mini stack. If you just want one with USB two point oh, two thirty nine for the two terabyte drive, which works really good. So the question he asks here is the mini stack quiet? He says I have a Radio Shark purchase with Mac Store, which annoys me. Yeah, the. The, the Mac store can be a little loud, I understand. Now, is the mini stack quiet? It depends on your room. Uh, is it completely silent? No. Uh, most external hard drives are not completely silent, especially when you're accessing data on that drive. The Mac Mini does have a fan built into it so it can cool it down because this is an enclosed device, so it needs to cool down. If you keep your room really warm and you stick the mini stack in there, the fan may have to work a little extra to keep it more cool than it normally would. I have a uh, client, friend of mine, that I help with their Mac occasionally. They have a mini stack, and he was always complaining, well, this thing's kind of loud. Well, the problem was he had his computer sitting right above a heat vent. So obviously every single time the heater came on in the house, blowing the hot air up right at the, the mini stack and the Mac Mini, the fans inside both the Mac Mini and and the newer technology Mini Stack had to work overtime to to cool down the components. So that's something to think about. Computers generally run quieter and better in cooler places. Prime example: I know a lot of people are taking the Mac Mini and sticking them in an entertainment center. Well, if the entertainment center is surrounded by wood and has a glass front door, there's not a lot of airflow to get to the Mac Mini. Thus, the fan inside the Mac Mini or in the newer technology Mini Stack, they're going to have to come on more often to keep the components cooler. So keep that in mind wherever you're going to put your computer. I don't care if it's a laptop, a, a desktop, a Mac Mini, whatever it is. You need airflow to that machine. It's very important. And I see a lot of people, they want to take their G5 or their uh, G5, <laughs> their... They're Mac Pros, 
and put them underneath the desk and they stack stuff on top of it and around it. And really they cut off the air supply for that machine. It's going to run hotter. It's not going to be as efficient. And quite honestly, you could possibly damage the machine over time by not letting it cool down and get really good airflow. So keep that in mind with your computer use over time. So with that, I'm going to wrap up uh, this segment of OWC Radio number 19 and jump over to the James Bartell interview. And after that, I'll be right back to wrap the show and let you know who's coming up soon. It's another snowy day in the Midwest. As you guys know, I live in West Michigan. Otherworld Computing is located in Woodstock, Illinois. For me, it's like five hours to drive here. And because I want to get here somewhat early in the morning and get the day started up right, 4 a.m. is when I wake up and start driving. That's a, that's a long drive, James. It certainly is. Uh, I have about a 20-minute commute. So. Oh, don't. Oh. Well, mine's 10 when I go to the office where I'm at, so I've got you beat there. James Bartell, you are the e-marketing manager for Otherworld Computing. This is a continuing series that I like to do, talking to different people at OWC. I don't get to meet you guys all the time. I don't get to hang around the water cooler and, and get to know you. I'm only here once or twice a month, so hey, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, Absolutely. So what do you do here at OWC, and uh, what's, what's your kind of daily routine? You come in and what? Sure. So um, as the e-marketing manager, it's kind of a, a mixture between maybe a traditional marketing role, um, but adding the e-commerce element, right? So that's the part of the website that uh, you know generates the business. So um, to just have a sort of static uh, website um, doesn't do a whole lot for you in the business world. You need to be e-commerce enabled. So and It has to look nice, and it has to function. When people add something to their cart, it needs to work. They don't need to worry about that. Yep. It's all about the cash register at the end of the line. So you have to make sure you've got the capacity to uh, serve the customer, provide them uh, the products and services that they need, uh, and give them the ability to uh, you know, uh, purchase the products that they want, hand over their money, and then uh, support that with service um, after the sale. So, how, much, how much customer feedback do you use to really effectively do what you do? You know, um, it depends. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely receive feedback uh, from within the call center, um, get copies of emails. Um, a lot of the feedback that comes through the website, um, you know, kind of goes directly to the top. And then some of that will filter back down to me, whether it be through recommendations, suggestions. Um, you know, the there's a lot of collaboration that goes into... Uh, so you hear about it. I do hear about it, sure. And, it, and when the customer speaks... OWC is listening. Absolutely. Everyone here is listening. I mean, that's one of the things that I would say is probably, uh, you know, the number one uh, thing I think about the most is that there's always, it's like all hands on deck. I mean, everybody's responsible for making sure that the customer is happy and satisfied. And if something's not going right online or there's an experience that's causing customers Need to some, know. St- some stress, I definitely want to know about that for right. sure. So as far as the daily routine, um, every day is very, very different because the web is always changing. It's fun though that way, isn't it? Do you prefer... When you come to work, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do that can be done uh, to help automate, you know, online marketing. So if you're looking in terms of, you know, paid advertising, so you have banners, you have um, PPC campaigns, uh, things like that, you can set a lot of that up and kind of put it on autopilot, um, shopping feeds, stuff like that. At the same time, you can't really ignore it because you have to keep your eye on it and make right. sure that everything is, you know, optimized and that everything is, uh, you know, functioning properly. So um, it really depends. Um, it depends 
depends like on the nature of what's going on. Uh, this morning I went in and turned off a couple of campaigns, things that I knew had expired that were sort of timely, things like that. Um, it depends because it, 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 it runs the gamut of making sure that the, the on-site experience for the customer is, is well. So there's the, you know, the sort of internal marketing of making sure that the website supports the customer right. and has marketing components in it. Um, then there's the external marketing, which brings customers to the site. So, and that's part of my background is that it's not just about marketing; it's more about integrated marketing communications, making sure that really there's two or three elements of everything, and that there's consistency, and that there's always relevance. And relevance is true in terms of you know online advertising with you know like like sites like Google, where you right. always have to have relevancy. You've got keywords that have to be relevant uh, to the campaigns, and then further relevant to the actual landing pages. So it's about providing a consistent experience to the customer. And to me, that's what online marketing is. You talked about background a little bit. Let's go mm-hmm. back in time. Sure. You just graduated from high school. Where did you go? Wow. Um, so I've got a lot of non-e-commerce uh, work experience. I think that's important, though. I mean, I, if you look at my background, I've worked on the railroads. I was a mailman. I did repossessions. So it's all those things that we did before that really doesn't have a direct correlation to what we're doing now, but does make you who you are. So, I mean, let's be honest, we're not the youngest guys in the world, so e-commerce really didn't exist when you and I got out of high school. So what helped shape you to get to this position? Yeah, actually, I think that's a great point, is that you know, if, if you've been in e-com for five years, you're kind of like grandfathered in, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where, you know, fortunately for me, and I'll, I'll kind of get to that, um, I, I was in the right places at the right time to take advantage of something that I was very passionate about, and that's, you know, all... You, hate, you help shape what this has become. Yeah, I mean, I always like to think that, you know, I, I kind of joke that, hey, Tim, you know what? One day the internet, it's going to be huge. People are going <laughs> to love it. People are going to totally take to it. So, yeah, I mean, the internet for me is 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 really part of my life. So um, yeah, out of high school, I worked for Avis Rent-A-Car. Really? Uh, yeah, I worked downtown Chicago um, as an assistant manager and kind of you know almost seven days a week ran the shop, um, working right on Clark Street, just blocks from Wrigley Field, blocks from Lake Michigan. Was it exciting? It was awesome. Like if you want to ever, I mean, I love Chicago. I love it very very deep in my heart, and um, it's a great it's a it, it was a great experience to have. You know, I picked up a lot of business skills, um, impressed a lot of people there with my working ability, whether it was just my ability to type very quickly. Um, I met people from all walks of life. And that was while I was still, you know, I was in college doing the night school weekends and stuff like that, but working, you know, during the day to kind of support myself. And uh, I was there for about five or six years. It was a really great experience. What's your favorite memory of Avis? I mean, is there any one thing Michael Jordan comes in and needs an emergency car and you have to jump in a car with him and rush to the airport? Nothing like that? You know or? what? This is going to sound horrible, but like probably my, my, my favorite memory would have been maybe not, not such a great customer experience. I can remember one time we had a, a, a client in the winter who insisted that his vehicle be washed. So we gave the cautionary, like, we can wash this vehicle, but, you know, depending on where you take it, you may it may freeze up and be difficult to roll down a window or something yeah. like that. Or you might not get out of the car. That's exactly yeah. where I'm going, Tim. So about, like, two hours later, we get a call that this customer stuck inside his vehicle. He couldn't get out. So um, that, that's definitely a memory that, you know, I will always have. I mean, there's a lot of great stories. You just hope that, he has a full tank of gas, really. Exactly. Well, we, you know, we, I don't think we ever let customers out of there without a full tank. So yeah. I, I definitely didn't want to have that liability. You know, yeah. And, of course, you had, you know, you had customers that got into accidents with vehicles and stuff like that, but never had anything. No one hurt. No, you know, nothing bad like that. So it was a good time. So you you worked at Avis. Is that right? Right, yeah, Avis? Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking another rent-to-own company right there. Um, and that wasn't even rent-to-own, was it? That no, was no. rent-a-car. Yeah. I worked the rent-to-own business once. Oh, I hate it. Horrible. Um, I'm not, I'm not seeing how that can get you to where you are now. Yeah. So there's got to be 
maybe a, a step or two in there that we're missing? For sure, yeah. So, um, you know, quickly from there, like I very... Um, uh, I, I was very good on the computers there, right? So they had their own mainframe systems and proprietary softwares, mastered all of that, was responsible for doing some training and helping other people as well. It was really neat. Um, uh, did that for a while, finished my associate's degree, decided to t- take other full-time work to save up some money to go away to college, went away to college a couple hours from Chicago, um, got my my um, bachelor's degree in speech communication, came home, had a job very shortly with CDW. So, oh, really? I remember so, yeah, CDW very well. They were, are they even still around yeah, or oh, they got bought out or they bought someone? No, CDW still definitely a They player. bought Mac Warehouse. Yeah, they're yeah. still a player. So I, I worked at like the original CDW um, before they moved to their larger facility. So I was still part of like the early, they recruited me before I graduated from, from really? college as well. So I already had a job lined up before, oh. I, before I graduated. That doesn't happen anymore. Not by the anymore. Way. That was a number of years ago. I'm not going to age myself. Uh, in no, the, in the probably podcast, not a good idea. No, definitely not. So um, yeah. And then just, uh, you know, recruiter after recruiter, picking me up, finding me, getting my information, moving me around from, you know, job to job. Um, and then I spent about seven years working at a company very close to home. Um, I moved from Chicago um, about 10 or 11 years ago. So spent like about six, seven years working in a small company in a small town right outside here, outside of Woodstock, um, working with microscopes. So learned a lot of scientific terminology, very high technical stuff with lasers. Everything you see on the CSI type shows, gotcha. we basically you know sold and, and sort wow. of supported. Um, but I was responsible for building a call center from scratch and implementing software and providing analytics and reporting straight to the president of the company. Um, and I was then working on my master's degree at a local university here in Chicago. So um, the job hop kind of went you know consecutively in a row. Uh, graduated in '03 with my master's, which is integrated marketing communications. Um, kept working at that employer because I really liked what I did. It was a great, small kind of family company. And then uh, I had an opportunity. Um, so, the, so someone knocked on the door from Sears Holdings, and they were recruiting. Sears as in the department store Sears. Sears as in the department store, um, but more importantly, Sears as in Sears.com. Oh, so, now I know Sears.com was really great for, I don't know, what, I haven't been there for a long time, but I remember back in the day, Sears.com was so far ahead of like JCPenney or well, I would say Kmart, but Kmart actually owns Sears mm-hmm. now. But yeah, so you went to Sears. I went to Sears when their e-commerce division had less than a hundred people. I think when I joined back in '07, they had about seventy-five employees. Um, I was there for a little, a little over a year and a half, almost two years. And when I left, they had about three hundred, three hundred fifty employees running the website. Uh, it's a, it's it, it's a really big website. A lot of technologies there. I was responsible for a huge portion of their budget, um, working mostly with content management. So making sure that the website again aesthetically was pleasing, right. that it had had a good user experience, that it had good workflow, um, and that it basically it, it gave customers what they needed so they could find what they wanted to purchase and you know put money in, in the basket, basically. So that brings us up to, in by a quick calculation, late 2008, early yeah. 2009? Yep. So then um, it kind of felt like I had reached, a, I guess, a plateau there working. I mean, Sears.com is a great, it's a great um, opportunity to have. In but your, it's a huge organization. You can't really stand out in no, such a big organization. No. You know what? That's absolutely true. So even though I would have been one of 300 people working in .com, um, the 24-7 environment is very intense. Um, and, and, and like really, there were so many things there that I wanted to do. I don't think I could have figured out where I wanted to go next. Um, I, t- I actually left Sears uh, for an opportunity to work at a small startup company. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, brand new startup company that was coming out. Are they still around? Uh, they are still around. Um, I'm not sure if they're doing as, as well uh, without me as they were with me, but that's to be determined. Um, but it was, a, it was an auction-based um, sort of website. So like an eBay competitor type of thing. Gotcha. Um, and I'm a big kind of eBay guy. Like I love like the whole I used thing. to be, but you know, I, I got so sick of the last minute snipes that it's just like, you know what? 
I'll just do buy it now or just yeah. I'm not even going to bother. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely got some tricks for that. I mean, that's something about me that I think makes me effective in my work um, is that I shop online every day. Now, it doesn't mean I always pull the trigger and actually buy something, but I can guarantee you that I'm on leading websites and small websites every day looking at product, looking at product pages, reading descriptions, and sort of virtual shopping, putting things into the cart, into the basket. Do they require me to register? You know, how friendly is the website? Because everything that you learn in your daily experience, is it's almost like being a mystery shopper. I mean, that's part, as a marketer, the more I know about the competitors... You have to. If someone's doing something great, why not emulate it? And if somebody's doing something horrible and you've got similar practices, you want to know about that as well. Totally. I completely agree. So um, I did the startup thing for just about a year, um, and then the opportunity here at Otherworld Computing became available. Uh, How did that become available to you? How did you find out about this opening? I'm always curious about how people come in. Yeah. So I wasn't really looking, to be honest. I think I got maybe an email that just came across that had you know local opportunities, and it was very near home. Um, yeah, and it was e-commerce. You know, I wasn't at a point where I would have considered anything. You know, starting out in e-commerce at Sears and moving forward, going from you know the Sears.com to the 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 online startup business way after the dot-com boom is over. Um, I just definitely wanted to stay working on the web. It's like I said, it's it's, it's the future and it's also the now. It is right, exactly. So um, I, yeah, I think it was an email that came through. Um, I kind of read the job description and thought it was a lot of what I was doing and a lot of what I could do. And you thought, what the heck? Uh, I thought it was very interesting yeah. right out of the box. Yeah, definitely. I, I, um, you know, it's funny because I, I had a MacBook, but I didn't really use it. I was a total PC guy. And now? And now I, I can't bear the thought of turning on <laughs> anything that's running Windows. Really, really. Um, have a PC at home. I, I'm sure if I turned it on, it would be hundreds of, you know, security updates and things like that. So um, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer. Use the tools, whatever works for you. I just found that Macs usually work the best of all those tools. So uh, Yeah, I would say I'm Mac addicted beyond anything. I, I, I can't sing the praises enough. Um, it sounds weird because I would normally, you know, never have admitted that coming in. I would think, you know, sure, I have a MacBook at home, use it a little bit, but working on it day to day and working for an environment like the one we have here, um, love it. Absolutely love all things Mac. So talking about the environment, one of the things that I know new employees, when they come in here, they're kind of shocked about sometimes because you just don't see the level of think green in other companies that you do here at Other World Computing. Was, was, did that kind of surprise you? Uh, do you like the fact that they're very, I, I want to say, eco-friendly? And, and not just eco-friendly, way out ahead of the pack. Yeah, so way out ahead of the packs, even probably that doesn't even do it justice, right? No. I mean, there's so many little things that you take for granted after you're here for a little while that you realize that the company's mission is so forward thinking and so you know, uh, you know, thinking about the big picture all the time. I mean, because you don't have to, you don't have to do any of this stuff. You don't have to do it for yourself or your employees or for the you know, or for the world. No, um, it's a choice. It's absolutely a choice, and I, I don't, you know, I don't think you'll you'll find another company that's that dedicated, um, you know, especially. In in, in this area. So um, for me, that, that was a big selling point as well, because like, you always want to be on the winning team. You always want to be um, you know, one step ahead, or at least I do. And for me, it makes me proud. It makes me happy to be here to know that we're doing more good than you know, a lot of other companies are when it comes to you know, protecting the environment and just trying to be as green as possible. Um, a lot of it rolls back into you know, taking that you know, outside of the workplace. You become more cognizant of companies where you see things being disposed of improperly or they're just you know, being wasteful or whatever. I, I turn off the lights a little more frequently at home if I'm not in the room. I do too. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm brushing my teeth and I turn off the water and then I turn it back on. You know, like I just pay more attention to things. I mean, and that's the future for sure. So, I mean, 
that's the level of dedication that that the the company has to its employees and and that bleeds out into the way that I think our employees help take care of our customers as well well James I want to thank you for being on OWC radio today um, like I said I don't get to meet a lot of the people on a daily basis so it was really cool to meet you and I really appreciate it I look forward to talking to you probably mostly via email yeah absolutely Tim I appreciate it as well it was great So that was the interview with James Bartell, as you could tell. Fun guy. Really, really fun to talk to him. Uh, and I can't wait to get to know him better, as well as other people at Other World Computing. Like I said, I'm going there Monday, and uh, maybe I'll score an interview with somebody else. I love doing those interviews. Of course, I'm recording all those interviews on the iPhone, so it's not the best quality in the world, but for podcast purposes... I think it's okay. And it's kind of, you know, the gorilla out there recording it, boom, getting it done, getting it back, getting it posted. Now, I don't want to uh, interview too many people too, too ahead of time and then space them out. I want to I record them and then get them on that show. So, uh, th- like I said, that one with James was recorded, I want to say, about a month ago at this point. But I don't think his life has changed drastically in that month to make that – interview obsolete. Unless, of course, he won the lotto or something, in which case, hey, don't forget your buddies, James, even the ones that you've only met once or twice. (laughs) Uh, You know, that's a good question. If you won the lotto, what Mac would you buy? That's kind of silly, though, isn't it? If you won the lotto, you'd probably buy one of each, right? I would. Then again, I don't know. Well, I'd, I'd buy a lot of Macs and Give them away to all my friends and family, or maybe an iPad. I'm really looking forward to the iPad. Like I said, I've got mine ordered uh, less than, what, three weeks away, and we will have them and start using them, and we can start sharing our experiences. When the iPad comes out, if you want to share your experience, I would love to hear about it, what you found that you really like about the iPad, what you don't like, what apps work really well on the iPhone that doesn't work on the iPad very well, or vice versa, which ones work much better on the iPad than it does on the iPhone. Love to hear your feedback, podcast at maxsales.com. Please have a safe and wonderful weekend, and uh, I'll see you again next week. See ya.